Alrighty, hello everyone. My name is Elias. I'm Johnny. My name is Nathan. Dylan and Eve. And my name is Kate. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the game What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, we are going to be talking more generally today about death, more specifically gender disparity in death, how male characters in the games have clear and violent deaths, whereas the women of the story or male characters who exhibit more feminine traits have less violent, more secretive deaths. Uh, we're also going to be talking about general symbolism within the game, um, since many parts of the game contain symbols that aren't usually seen ahead of time. So our first subtopic is gender disparity in death, um, and we'll open it up. Yes. Uh, so I would like to reference Chris Savick's interview with the developers, and the article is the making of what remains in either Fitch. In this article, we get to see some of the viewpoints the uh, developers were going in when depicting the many deaths in the game. For example, they describe Gregory, uh, the baby who ends up drowning in the bathtub. They explain how they got a lot of pushback uh, for the publisher on that death for being a violent, for being so violent. So we get to see an example of a very violent male death that even shocked the publishers. Elsewhere, we also get to hear about the death of Balfa and how um, they have ins they took inspirations from the comic book Tales of the Creep, Tales from the Creep, and the John Carpenter Halloween movies, uh, and then and her death ends with her mysteriously uh, mysterious, as we find in the, at the end of the comic book you play. She's eaten by monsters, so you don't really get a true answer to her death, and so we get an example of a mysterious female death. So in general, we get to see, in general, the developers took a lot of focus into making each death. I think it's very interesting, too, the way that, um, aside from there being, like, the disparity in death, there's also still mystery that shrouds the death, too. So just, like, from our previous podcast, looking at how Edie and the kind of mystery surrounding the curse still kind of um, encroaches, I don't know if that's the right word, but um, on how the characters die, which I think is a very interesting thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so just kind of getting right into some of those character deaths right away. If you remember from the last podcast, I focused on Lewis's character in general and the relationship that he had with the curse. And I want to talk more about his death now. The death that he gets is extremely violent. It also sheds light on the mental health aspect, though, for males, especially in video games and outside. There's often an overlooking and um, a thought that often male characters, because of their power dynamic, can't often have these mental burdens on themselves. But I think Edith Finch actually does highlight that and shows what some element of that, um, pr again, that promised future, as I was talking about in the previous podcast, like can happen when there isn't that... Um, realization moment but something that I wanted to talk about specifically I have two articles for you today so I have Williams when woman looks and Mulvey visual pleasure and narrative cinema so thinking about that death again how violent that is Lewis works in a factory and what we know and what we are alluded to from the game is that he chops his head off with the fish cutter in that he has been using his for his daily task and everything like that and the point of the articles that I'm bringing up right now is to demonstrate the, the looks that we have when we are gazing 
again, with a male gaze upon uh, women characters in video games and how we often want to present them in a better light. We don't want to give them the violent. We don't want to show them in um, the same way that we are comfortable showing with some of our male characters because there's a certain protection that must exist. There's a certain element to if we do this to a woman, it's going to be that much more terrible and it's going to have that much more of an effect on our audiences. And that also is perpetuated in the deaths of more feminine masculine characters within the game. Absolutely. Uh, especially Milton's, because there is mystery that surrounds his death, but he's also a little bit more feminine, and so there is that kind of protection around his death as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, just thinking just real quick about one female character in the game, we have Molly who eats a bunch of food. And again, it's very clear what happens to Molly. She has food poisoning, but we don't actually see any of that. Again, we're given a sort of dream sequence in order to kind of ease our suffering, um, to ease her suffering as well while we're playing the game. Yeah, just to reiterate, there there is a giant disparity in the deaths in the game. With you were just saying, Molly, she presumably died of food poisoning in her sleep. Um, Dawn died from an unknown illness. We're not really sure what. Um, while the male characters in the game, like Sven, he fell to his death uh, due to the slide. Um, and Calvin fell off a cliff when he was swinging, and also Sam was knocked off a cliff uh, by being kicked by the deer. And so I just wanted to mention that this is all sort of realistic in some weird way, that the gender discrepancy of the cause of death in the game accurately reflects the choices that men and women make when taking their own lives. According to the research article, Method, Choice, Intent, and Gender in Completed Suicide by Dunning, Conwell, King, and Cox. Quote, women who commit suicide use less violent methods such as drugs and carbon monoxide poisoning than do men who, often, who more often use violent methods such as guns and hanging. And so I think that was accurately represented in the game. The men are given sort of in-your-face violent traumatic deaths while all of the women are sort of expected to go quietly off screen as well as being shrouded in mystery right mm -hmm. yeah yeah and to your point i think it's even more interesting that they're totally comfortable doing this with male children too it doesn't actually matter um the age or anything like that it really is just a gender aspect to it because again um sam's character um goes off a cliff i mean that is terrible i mean like, there's a lot of violence there surrounding that and everything like that but again the other characters are given a lot more of a fantastical or less absurd or more absurd um, image around that to comfort the audience. And these deaths also kind of tie into the personalities of the characters that are in the game as well. Um, and I think that this kind of moves us into the general symbolism of the game. Um, I wanted to talk about Sam's attention to discipline as a father. You can even tell, just as Dylan was saying, that, you know, Sam was young. And as a teen, he was clearly influenced by the war. I'm right now referencing an article by Melinda Hetfield in Eurogamer, where she talks about how Sam, as a child, came to love the army, came to love, you know, this kind of disciplined nature. And then when he grew up, he raised his children in something that was akin to barracks. They had, you know, lists of chores and individual lockers and that kind of symbolism this militaristic style room therefore symbolizing his personality in the future as somebody who is very you know type a very akin to someone who is a soldier um kind of perpetuates these gender disparities as well because he feels the need you know i mean the game developers kind of felt the need to 
portray him in a way that was a lot harder than other female characters. Um, similarly, there is a symbol of Holly. Um, we were just talking about Molly's death. She eats berries that are on her windowsill. And this is Holly. Holly berries are generally meant to symbolize eternal life um, or the blood of Christ, which is, they're both very interesting takes, but both <laughs> related to, you know, the kind of thing yeah. that the developers want to put across. What do we think about that? Well, I do think uh, in terms of, like, Sam's, like, military lifestyle, I do find it sort of ironic that, you know, he taught his children this sort of military lifestyle, but they still end up kind of facing death at young ages, or one, in the case of one of them disappearing. Yeah, like, no amount of control can control that kind of thing, and he wanted that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, it's fable. I mean, the whole game is very much fable-like. Um, you know, death comes to all of us at some point, and in the same sense, it's like they were going to grow up. They were going to become their own, their own, have their own identities eventually. Um, I do think it's very interesting, though, if you look at all of the rooms and the way they are um, kept by Evie, they're specifically their golden, like the golden years of each child and each person. Barbara, it's Barbara as a child when she was very popular and very successful. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the twins as children. So it's very much Edie like keeping what she wants to preserve and not the children and the people in the house how they actually are. I thought that was a very interesting. That's more. That's definitely a lot more fun than the dis, the death disparity. But um, you know, it just like it's again going back to that whole um, thing where Edie is very much controlling the narrative, and she's still controlling their lives even after they're gone. Mm -hmm. She's controlling how they're remembered, how you know how their rooms are kept up, um, and so. And how the rooms are kept up it also perpetuates parts of their personalities. I mean, she writes in what she thinks is are their like mm -hmm. main traits and they end up growing up to be like that if they end up getting past the age of being children exactly. which is really interesting mm -hmm. another really cool piece of symbolism that also ties into gender disparity in death maybe not gender but disparity in death um, is at the beginning of the game we see Christopher Edith's son kind of spoiler alert um, is reading the journal that she gave to him and he's holding flowers and those flowers are calla lilies and evidently those lilies express the idea of life and fertility while they also are a well-known symbol of death, which I think is a really fitting example. To add to that, he's also wearing a cast, which could be foreshadowing that he has come close to the curse himself. That's true. Mm -hmm. He is wearing a cast. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. Uh, time. <laughs> so it looks like we're running out of time, but, um, so... Throughout this podcast, just to reiterate, we talked about gender disparity and death and the difference between the violent nature of the male deaths versus the kind of um, mysterious, non-explicit deaths of the female characters and the more feminine characters. And I think um, that's something that definitely doesn't subvert stereotypes at all, um, which also leads into you know more of the fun general... Um, symbolism like we see with how Edie remembers the children how she will oftentimes write uh, specific descriptions that oftentimes kind of perpetuate how they live their lives 
Um, and then smaller symbolism like peaches representing life and rebirth, um, as well as, you know, the cow lilies. So um, thank you for listening to our podcast and what we have to say about this lovely game. Um, again, I was Nathan. Dylan and Eve. Kate. Elias. Johnny. And thank you again.